All right, everybody, welcome back. We are the Jocks of All Trades podcast. All three of us are here today, minus my beard. Um, but that's not a problem. We will continue on um, and cry in private, but that's okay. Um, Kyle, do you or want to laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll start us off. So in good old Lewisburg, PA right now, the sun is shining, the snow has melted, and it is a beautiful day outside. Speaking of suns shining, the Phoenix Suns, they are on fire recently they're 23 and 11 i believe Devin booker's going off he just won i believe february player of the month uh he's killing it him and chris paul are all stars why are the suns so hot right now do you think they can keep it going talk to me well i can't talk to you but i'll jock to you (laughs) oh my gosh um phoenix finally has a decent roster that knows how to pass the ball and get the ball into the hands of their playmakers, i.e. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think this could continue. Do I think they're finals bound? Maybe not, but they're, they're starting to get there. Devin Booker is a really, really good player. He's not super athletic, but dang, can he shoot? He knows what he's doing. Having Chris Paul there, and I said this in the offseason, I remember I said this, that having Chris Paul there was going to alleviate pressure off of Devin Booker having to be the man all the time. Sure enough, look where they are. They're number two in the West because they've learned how to take pressure off of Devin Booker. They thought DeAndre Ayton was going to be that, but DeAndre Ayton is like Shaq, but he can't shoot. Well, neither could Shaq, so I guess Shaq. (laughs) Um, I think they finally put enough pieces supporting cast pieces around him and i think that's why they're succeeding by letting their stars shine see what i did there and letting everyone else play at a high level yeah no i would totally agree i think the the addition of chris paul over the offseason seems like a genius move for them because he's been able to feed people in a way that really nobody on the suns was able to there and so it has it's not only forced other teams to come off of Devin Booker, but it's forced them and to look at everybody as more of a threat because Chris Paul finds can find a way to feed anybody. So when you have everyone becoming more of a threat, it allows it, it's allowed Devin Booker and Chris Paul to flourish there. And that's what's been happening. And that's why they're, on such a hot streak and it's just you know Devin Booker can go off and have a night of nights any day of the week so that also helps yeah I think even beyond Chris Paul uh we forgot about Jay Crowder and even though he's not like the greatest player anymore he's not on the heat or wherever else the heck he was he's on the Suns he's starting 30 I believe he's starting He's not starting every game, but you have Dario Saric off the bench as well. Jay Crowder, Frank Kaminsky, Cam Johnston. Um, he's provided a a lot of serious, you know, kind of pro-ready um, ability for that team when they desperately needed it. Because without Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, they're a very young team. Um, and they, they both provide a lot of um, just like pro readiness for the guys that are coming to be stars. They're so close. Like Mikael Bridges is one of the best defensive players in the league already. I think he's a budding, maybe not superstar, but he's a budding star. DeAndre Ayton on any other team probably would be averaging 22 and 10 a game. You know, he's only averaging about 15 right now, but they have seven players that average over 10 a game. Uh, so they have not just Chris Paul, who's, alleviating pressure off of Devin Booker. Um, but they have guys off the bench. They have um, shooters all around. And when you surround guys like DeAndre Ayton with shooters from every corner, that only just makes him more dangerous. Um, even if you look at Joel Embiid, if you look at like Nikola Jokic or any like typical big man or atypical big man in the league, if you surround them with shooters, they just become more and more of a threat. And you do have shooters all throughout the lineup. Um, They're playing extremely well. And I don't see this stopping because they have so 
many shooters. They have a dominant big man, and I think they can only go up from here. The sun is rising in Phoenix. The sun is rising in the West. Um, so speaking of a team that's kind of on a hot streak, we have another team that's on a cold streak. They just fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, guys, what's wrong with them? And do you think firing their head coach will do anything for them? In today's NBA, you need superstar talent to be successful. And in today's – and outside of Trey Young, the Hawks don't have that. They have Trey Young and then some role players, but that's all they have. I feel like, you know, the, high, the firing of Lloyd Pierce, unless you, they, you know, they can hire someone really, really good and that, and that will help them marginally – but until they can get another big name to pair with Trey Young, I don't see them becoming a threat in the East, especially when you have teams like the Sixers, the Nets, even the Celtics, who I just think are still just one piece away. They're one piece away from having a really, really good team and actually being able to compete for finals appearances. But And so you have teams like the Celtics, you have the Sixers now who have really come out and impressed, and you have the Nets who are just supposed to impress because they have three huge superstars on their team. But yeah, no, until they can add another piece, another big piece to be able to pair with Trey Young, I don't see the Hawks, um, I don't see them soaring above the clouds yet. I disagree. Um, I don't, I don't think having an all-star is going to fix what the most important thing for a team is, and that's chemistry. Um, and, and that's what I'm kind of concerned with, with the Hawks right now is that when you have Trey Young as your best player, you have to find ways to make sure he is the star focal point of your offense. When you bring in people like Bogdanovich, when you bring in people, well, they didn't bring in, but John Collins, uh, Clint Capella, Gallinari. Gallinari, you bring in all these people that are ball hogs, truthfully, because they're really, I mean, they're good for free. They're good scorers. They're great. But the problem is you have to run through Trey Young. I think Trey Young is good enough to compete. See, the Hawks are built similarly to the Bucks. The Bucks haven't put a big generational talent next to Giannis. You could say Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's okay. Chris Middleton shows up sometimes. But if you want to take Giannis away from that group and say, play at the same level it's not going to happen same with the hawks if you take trey young away and ask that group to do the same thing it's not going to happen so i i think they have good pieces i do i think the hawks have really good players they just may not be the right players for the hawks to move forward with trey young and it it doesn't matter who your head coach is um, because they're going to have to address that problem or they're going to have to realize hey i know you can shoot but if I'm going to take a last second shot on this team and who I depend on on this team, it's going to be Trey Young. So we need to find um, a better culture for the Hawks. And I think that's the problem. Here's where I'll disagree. I, well, I do think Trey Young's a good player and him and Giannis, they don't really have a budding superstar next to them. Giannis, while he can't shoot, can really do mostly everything else. And he impacts the game in like every different way you know, beyond shooting threes. Um, And he is an MVP candidate every year and he should be, and he will be. And he is literally unstoppable sometimes. John Collins just came out and said recently uh, that the offense runs too much to Trey Young. And I don't know if there was chemistry issues there. I don't know if he was talking out of his butt, um, but maybe they got it settled and they're okay now. But if we look at Trey Young, who he is, I would think most people would say, okay, he's kind of that Steph Curry type. And Steph Curry, he does not need the ball in his hands. Um, he doesn't. He can easily pass it around. He can spot up for three. Because if he does have the ball in his hands, if he tries to make everything work just by himself, I don't think it's going to go well because, like, he's kind of a midget, you know, like he's, he's not going to run through people all the time. He's not going to steal the ball all the time. He's not going to, you know what I mean? He's not that type of player. 
But when you have him with KD, you know, when that happened, with Clay Thompson, with Draymond Green, and now with, you know, Wiseman and Oubre and Draymond Green, you know, like he doesn't always need the ball in his hands. And for Trey Young, I love him, but like he's pulling up from like, you know, the logo and whatnot. And while that's nice sometimes and he does hit it and it's fun to see, like that's not the most efficient thing to see in the world. And I don't think firing a coach will help them. I think you're right. They do need an identity and a different kind of culture, but I don't think the offense should be as much Trey Young as if they get um, like a Celtics kind of, you know, vibe, Celtics kind of team where you pass the ball around where whoever's open, shoot it. Cause they do have shooters. They have a lot of them and Gallinari and Bogdan haven't been shooting as well as they could be. And that could be an issue. Um, but like they need to get better defensively. They need to pass the ball more and they need to do a variety of things rather than just say Trey Young, break it down and take a shot. Cause that works sometimes, but it's not always the most efficient. In my opinion. Uh, Makes sense. Makes sense. Let's look at some crazy trade scenarios here. Guys, give me a trade scenario that you think would be out of, well, out of bounds or out of left field. Um, I want to hear from you, Brad. I have two, so I'm going to make them brief. Um, The first one is going to be a Celtics one because we need help. We need big man help desperately. Um, (laughs) But I've noticed there's a team where this guy is the second fiddle and he doesn't take second fiddle really well at all. Um, I think if this trade goes through, it improves both teams and helps Luka Doncic out. Um, I think Christoph Porzingis and Trey Burke to the Celtics for Kimball Walker, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, a 2021 first rounder and a 2021 second rounder. Um, I think that's a pretty good package to send to the Mavericks who desperately need to put something around Luka, take some pressure off Luka, move Luka out of the point guard, move him to the three maybe. I don't know what you'd do with Kimba. I'm just spitballing here. But give Porzingis a way to play where he could be a potential star, where he's going to be relied on every game because we need that. And it doesn't really seem like the Mavs know what to do with him, which is crazy because he's such a good talent. Um, That's my first one. Uh, My second one, we talked about the Suns already. I think the Suns are one more all-star away from being it. Um, I think if you shipped Aaron Gordon to the Suns, for Saric, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, and a 2023 second rounder, that might actually help them to give them that second big man presence. If you could pair Aaron Gordon with um, uh, DeAndre Ayton, that might be a really crazy setup. Um, I just think those both would be really good, but I don't see them happening. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. So Very- you're having a Celtics train i also have a celtics train my friend and i have the bulls trading kobe white wendell carter patrick williams and one first for jalen brown and i love jalen brown i think he can be a superstar in the right system here's my issue with the celtics is that i think they already have a jalen brown type i think that's jason tatum um i think they do need some more shooters i think kobe white is a very good three-point shooter um and you could even dish off Kemba Walker if you wanted to uh they need a big man Wendell Carter is a big man and he's not just you know there to look silly like Daniel Tice or the Aaron Baines of old I think he's a very athletic big man and Patrick Williams I just threw him in there because he was a first round pick this year I don't really know what he does but he's young he's a young talented kid and I think the Celtics could use some more bench pieces as well So that is my crazy trade. I think that would help the Celtics bench. That would help their big man problem. And the more assets you get, maybe, you know, Danny Ainge could change those assets into a superstar or you get money and you can use it on free agency on a superstar. But will he do it? I don't know. But this is my first move for Danny Ainge. Okay. I, it's, it's an incomplete trade idea but it's a trade that i think would benefit this team in the long run i look 
at the Nets. And I go, there are way too many ball dominant players there. With James Harden there, he's the the gravity, the ball gravity around him is so strong. The ball is always going to find its way into his hands. We're already talking about it not getting to Kevin Durant enough. And the fact that we're putting Kevin Durant in a conversation where he doesn't have the ball enough is is wacky enough in and of itself. And then you have Kyrie Irving standing there. I'm not sure he really will get a chance to touch the ball in any meaningful way. So my idea is the Nets might want to, they're going to be a force in the present with or without Kyrie. That much is clear. I'm wondering if they want to try to prep for the future or try to boost their depth right now because they are not a very deep team right now. They had to give up a lot of their depth to get James Harden. I'm thinking they might want to get some of that depth back by trading Kyrie Irving. Now, as for a team that could get them that depth, I'm not sure. I'm willing to hear suggestions, but I think Kyrie Irving is more valuable as a trade piece than as a player on the nets at this point. Oh my. Brad, what do you think about that? Kyrie? Irving. He ruined my franchise. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and Kyrie Irving just ruined my NBA 2K game by going like 6 of 13 from three-point range. And that does sound good, but in 2K, it's not. Um, Anybody else have any (laughs) crazy trade scenarios? No. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Well, Victor Oladipo just turned down a two-year, $45 million contract from the Rockets. Um was this a good move for him? Was it stupid? What do you think, Brad? It was an, a perfect move by Victor Oladipo. The Rockets have no identity right now. They are hustling to get anyone they can on their roster, dishing off people because they're not sure about what, it, what to think about them. Uh, yeah, Victor, what a smart choice by you, sir. Smart choice. That way you can pick where you want to go when you're done. Because the Rockets, I don't think, are going to be where your identity lies. Yeah, no. I've seen too many people get to Houston and then use it as a pit stop to go somewhere else. Yeah, the the Rockets are not the place to stop in the NBA right now. You go there and you see, oh, this is a dumpster fire. And you want to get out of town fast. I'm sorry, Rockets fans, but I'm sorry, just people of Houston. I'm sorry, sports for you in general suck right now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that's that, that's the state of the Rockets right now. And I think it's a very smart move by Oladipo to give himself a chance to weigh his options. I'll play a devil's advocate for a little bit. I don't know if he'll get the 20 million he desires if he does eventually go into free agency, like I don't think he's that type of max contract player anymore. And while he could still get maybe 20 on a better team in this NBA, like in this, in this era, if you don't like it somewhere, you can just get fat or pretend to get fat and get traded. So like, (laughs) you know, if the Rockets don't do anything and he still does get his 20 million, you know, he could be like, well, I don't want to be here anymore, so trade me. And then they will. So that's, like, my only thing. Like, he's going to get money, a bunch of it. I don't know if he'll get as much as he wants if he goes to free agency. Um, But, yeah, I agree. The Rockets don't have an identity at all. And if you are seeking a championship, yeah, Depot, get out of there because you're not going to win one there. Um, So Shaquille O'Neal has an interesting little tidbit here. Uh, He chose five players – that he thinks can score 81 or more in the modern NBA. Uh, guys, I want to hear from you. What players do you think could score 80? From the ones that he listed, I'm going to go ahead and list what they are first, and then I'll go into who I think could. So Shaq said Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, Devin Booker, or Kevin Durant could all score 81 on any night. Um, I disagree that any of those five could i have three that could um harden steph or durant could score 81 at any point 
but it's unlikely for Harden and Durant because they don't – well, for Durant, he doesn't touch the ball enough. Harden, it's a weird offense that everybody has to have the ball. I'm not convinced even James Harden on that Nets team would hit 81. Now, if he was still with the Rockets, yeah, yeah, I fully would believe he could hit 81. So, for me, it's just Steph. I think Steph could hit 81 any particular night. He's still got gas in the tank. I fully believe it. Devin Booker, maybe. But if you've got that many people averaging 10 points on your team, you're probably not going to jack up enough shots to hit 81. And then don't get me started on Kyrie Irving. The dude's toxic. <laughs> um, I am going to push back on it a little bit. I get I I feel like James Harden, when it comes to James Harden, when it comes to the ball, he is like a gravity well, no matter where he goes, wh- whatever team he's on. He is getting the ball a great deal of the time, no matter who is on the team. And we're seeing that in Brooklyn right now. I mean, Kevin Durant, yes, is contributing, but the ball finds itself in James Harden's hands more often than not. So could he score 81 in a game? If he was hot enough, believe it or not, I think he could. Kevin Durant, absolutely not. On a different team, very possibly. Not on the Nets. And the same applies to Kyrie. Although I don't believe I don't believe that Kyrie could score 81. Even I mean, he'd have to be like the superstar on the team. But even when he had a chance to be the superstar on the team, he flopped. So I really, I look at Steph Curry. I see Steph Curry as one who could score 81 in a game. I see James Harden who could score 81 in a game. And Devin Booker. I do believe Devin Booker could go off. I mean, he has scored 70 in a game. He scored 70 in a game at one point. Could he add another 11 more onto that? I would not put him past, put it past him. So I see Devin Booker, Steph Curry, and James Harden in that conversation. Kevin Durant at the present on his present team, no. And Kyrie anywhere, no. I think you have to ask the question, like, who has the ability to do it? I think a lot of guys actually do have the ability to do it because they are that talented. If you look at Kobe's 81, obviously he's one of the best players of all time. Um, but also he shot the ball a ton. So my thinking is who has the ability and also who has the means of going about it. And I have three guys. One is Devin Booker, just because you hit the nail on the head. He's, he scored 70. He's very, very close. And Chris Paul, who's second in command there, he can easily not shoot the ball at all and just pass the entire game. And Devin Booker can score from anywhere. I think he has the ability to do it and he could do it. My second is not on the list as well. My third isn't on the list. I have Damian Lillard just because he is the entire Trailblazers offense and CJ McCollum sometimes isn't always playing. And even if he was, CJ could get 20 and Lillard could get 80 and he, he passes, he barely passes the ball. Uh, he shoots the ball a ton. I think Lillard could easily do it because he can shoot from three and he can also get in the lane. My third is kind of a weird choice, but from what I've seen last night and in the past, I think if Donovan Mitchell gets hot, he could just because like he shot the ball like 34 times yesterday. And and that's not like, that's not random. He shoots the ball way too much. Um, And if he would actually, you know, catch fire one night and go 25 or 27 out of 34, sprinkle in a couple threes and sprinkle in some free throws, he could easily hit 80 points. Um, So those are my three. Um, this one's my favorite. I put this in here because ESPN had a whole who's the best dunker for every franchise. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about the three best dunkers of all time. Kyle, do you want to start that out? Yeah, for sure. I'll go number three. I have Michael Jordan. Um, and before we get in a big sink about it, for Pete's sake, he was in a movie called Space Jam. It wasn't called Space Shooter. Wasn't called space three point shooter. Wasn't called space scorer. It was called space jam. And Jordan could jam any day of the week. And he, I think he's even better when he is younger in terms of the jamming. Uh, but he was a crazy dunker, especially when he went from the free throw line, the tongue out. It's all iconic, man. It's so iconic. He is one of the best dunkers of all time. And someone who is right above him, these guys had a dunk contest duel in 1988. Michael Jordan did win. 
but it was in the city of Chicago. So I think there was some unfair play there. <laughs> and that was Dominique Wilkins. Uh, when I think of dunking, it's Dominique Wilkins. Um, if you watch Hot Rod at all, or remember that movie, there's a little clip of Andy Samberg doing stunts. And when he tried to dunk, he mentioned Dominique Wilkins. That's why I always think of, of dunking is Dominique Wilkins in number two. He dunked over people, he dunked through people. My number one is Vince Sanity, Vince Carter. Uh, he also very, very iconic. I never really saw him as anything else but a dunker, uh, especially when he put his like what entire arm in the uh, basket on a dunk contest. He stuck his elbow in there, elbow deep into it. Uh, that's very iconic to me. And yeah, those are my three. All right, I'm going to go with my three. At uh, number three, I'm going to put um, I'm going to put LeBron James, right? Because here's the thing: there is dunking that is pretty and that is aesthetically pleasing, and you look at it and your jaw drops and you go, "Wow!" And then there's dunking where you almost want to cover your head and duck behind a table because you think you're going to get hurt by what's coming at you. And that's what LeBron James does. He might not have the prettiest dunks, but he's, has, he's the most forceful coming to the basket. And he has the athleticism. His head is at the rim in some of these dunks. And it's like full length dunks. I remember one dunk in the 2016 finals where it was lobbed to him. And he had to bring his arm all the way back to catch the ball and bring it all the way back to dunk the ball in one of those. So it was, it was crazy. Um, the other one at number two, I have to put uh, his Aaronist, Michael Jordan, because he made dunking look pretty. He made dunking look very, very pretty. Um, and, you know, just iconic. He could leap at the free throw line and still make it to the basket. So that is incredible how he could do that. Uh, and at, I, I want to have an honorable mention I do want to have an honorable mention. Honorable mention being uh, Dr. J. I think he was very, very good too. He made dunking cool really before any of the modern basketball players um, outside of maybe like Wilt and Kareem, but he could, he was smooth dunking the basketball. So honorable mention goes to Dr. J. And at number one, I do have to put Vin Sanity as well. When you think of dunking the basketball and you think of dunk contest, you think of Vince Young. And there's no question about it. So Vince you... Young? I didn't know he played basketball. Vince I'm Young. sorry. I meant Vince Sanity. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Vince Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Vince My Young. Bad. My bad. Oh, actually, I want to talk about Vince Young right now from the quarterback from Texas. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> Brad, what are your three? <laughs> yes. Yes. He dunked a football. So, yeah. My bad. My bad. I meant Vince Carter. So, yeah. So, no, Vince Carter, definitely. Yeah. He, he's number one in my book. Get ready to get triggered, both of you, because I have not mentioned two of the players that you two have mentioned. I'm going to go a little different route. Um, tied for number three for me has to be Blake Griffin and Aaron Gordon. I've never seen anyone throw down the way these big guys can throw down. Um, I, Blake Griffin, you already know it. I don't have to say it. He posterized people night after night. He would get like halfway above the rim of what it looked like when he was throwing down. Dude, I, I, I just say Blake Griffin is three. Three. Uh, it's not going any higher than that. And Aaron Gordon has been robbed of multiple dunk contests where he's done some ridiculous stuff. He dunked over Taco Fall. He dunked over Taco Fall and lost. Aaron Gordon is in my top three dunkers of all time. Now, my number two is Vince Sanity. Vince Carter has to be number two. That dude is the dunk king. But there's one guy that Luke stole from me, and that's okay, because Dr. J is the king of dunking. That man used to float. I don't know if you guys have seen anything, but he just used to just make it from the free throw line anywhere, and he would just fly up and just slam it down. For me, it's Dr. J. I agree that LeBron and MJ are both in the conversation in my top five, but not in my top three. Dr. J is so much better than both of them. Also, like, what a great name. Like, in terms of, like, the best NBA names of all time, Dr. J has to be up there, right? Absolutely. Oh, it, it's right <laughs> up there with then, – and then Magic on top magic, of that. right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting list. I, I do agree Aaron Gordon has gotten robbed. Uh, 
Also, Andre Iguodala got robbed back in the day by little Nate Robinson, too. Uh, that ticks me off. I, I like Nate. I do. But come on, man. You're only giving him 50 points because he's a midget. Uh, let's go on to the NFL. If you guys didn't see, J.J. Watt did finally choose a team. And wow. Uh, yeah, Boo is right. He chose the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I thought you wanted guy. to go to a functional team. I thought so, too. Uh, why did J.J. Watt choose the Cardinals? And do you think this move will move the needle for them? I'll make it very simple. I have no idea why. And no, I don't think he's going to make any impact. Wow. Uh, agreed. Agreed. It's like, you know, he wanted to go to a winner. Cardinals was not it. There were a bunch of teams that were like saying, pick me, pick me, the classic, you know, obnoxious kid in the schoolroom. Pick me. But no, instead he goes with the the one team where I didn't see any rumors about the Cardinals. I didn't see the Cardinal name being thrown around one time about potential landing spots, except for our dear Kyle. Except you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. But outside of that, absolutely nothing so it's it was a surprise and not a welcome one yeah i was incredibly disappointed if you want to go to winner why choose the cardinals larry fitzgerald has been there for years and has never won like every year he's like i'm coming back to win <laughs> nope <laughs> like you yeah. never do he came close one he year did. and that he was it. very close that was a great team and then San Antonio Holmes just, yeah. you know, wrecked everyone's. Ripped their hearts out. So did yeah. James Harrison. Yep. Um, they were darn close. But, like, do they need pass rush? Yeah. Is he going to be good across for her, you know, on the other side of Chandler Jones? Yeah. Like, that's a good tandem. But it would be an even better tandem if, it's, if this was four years ago. Uh, J.J. Watt, well, he is going to get paid handsomely. I, he's not a J.J. Watt of old. He only had like five sacks last year. He hasn't been healthy. He's still going to impact the game. He's still going to force fumbles. He's going to get tip balls. He's going to be a presence. But this doesn't move the needle for them at all. And I don't think this is the team to go to. Like, imagine if he was paired with Miles Garrett. Oh, my. A, a, a very competitive Browns team. Uh, imagine if he went with, I don't know, the Ravens or the Packers or, like, literally any other playoff team would have been more desirable than the Arizona Cardinals. They need to figure out, you know, how to make their offense as efficient as possible. They have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of talent. But, like, I don't see them rising up as an incredible playoff team this year. Um, They need a lot more help. Yeah, if you were going to go to a team that, you know – needed more help to win that wasn't immediately a winner go join your brother both of your brothers in pittsburgh for all i care make it a whole family event but that would have been better than this this is just random out of the blue and doesn't make any sense outside of maybe him so yeah yeah, i'm i'm not a fan of this decision I mean, the weather's nice, but for me, that, that's about it. Like, I don't, I don't think you're gonna compete with those teams there. Like the Rams, they're making money moves. Seattle, well, you know the whole Russell Wilson situation, but <laughs> you still can't count them out. And then the 49ers, um, they were incredibly hurt last year. So once they get healthy, they'll be right back in the thick of things. So like, you chose a pretty tough division, my guy. I don't know why you chose that division, and I don't really know why you chose mm. Arizona. Um, Dak Prescott, apparently, he's seeking a deal right behind Patrick Mahomes. Brad, do you think he deserves it? Luke, do you think he's going to get it? What do you think? Does he deserve it? Yeah, absolutely. Look about how he played before he got injured. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, 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 no. Take. Okay. okay. Uh, I've got to say, I've got to say it. There is a, even when he was good, he, he was playing well. How far into the playoffs did the Cowboys get? We're talking not about, very far. We're talking about player talent. He can't carry a whole team. Neither can Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes has the best core around him ever. Stick Dak Prescott there. They do the same thing. I actually doubt that. I'm not sure Dak fits as well because there are things that Pat Mahomes can do that Dak just can't. That's I true. mean, have you seen how Pat can sidearm that ball? Dak, I, I haven't seen Dak do that. I mean, do I think he's a good quarterback? Absolutely. I just don't think he's Pat Mahomes. I so, didn't think he's Pat Mahomes. I said he's really good. Yeah, so but when you say, I want to deal like – right behind Pat Mahomes that tells me you think you're like the second best quarterback in the league and He's you're not half the people playing right now okay better than half yes top two no so I think we just have different definitions of what like right behind Pat Mahomes is he so it, Kyle and I don't think he'll get it here's what I'll, I'll be in the middle of you two here do I think he'll he'll get a huge deal yes is he yeah. as good as Patrick Mahomes? No. But here's why I think he'll get more than what he deserves and maybe somewhat close to Patrick Mahomes is because he's in Dallas and he is a good player and he is the face of the franchise. Like Pat, when you think of the Chiefs, it's Pat Mahomes. And when you think of the Cowboys, like it's Dak Prescott. And he keeps that team afloat. No, he kept them afloat last year. I would argue it's Zeke Elliott, but continue. Now, in the years past, yes. Last year, no. Zeke did nothing last year. And before Dak got hurt, he was that entire team no, with no, the Kyle, O-line being hurt. Kyle, don't be rude. Zeke did a lot of stuff called fumbling the ball and looking like trash. <laughs> and looking like an Ewok. Um, but beyond, beyond that, I yeah, I don't think he, he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. And if he was on the Chiefs, would he do extremely well? Well, yeah, he would. And would he be a playoff team? Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes is better than Dak Prescott. I don't think anyone's debating that, but I think he will, and he should get a big deal just because I've seen enough from him in terms of like carrying a good offense. Um, and also he is Dallas. And I feel like in Dallas, you go big or you go home. And I think they should go big. It is Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Um, so this Including is a fun little storms. exercise. <laughs> Oh, too soon. Too soon. Uh, I want you guys to create the perfect trade package for Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold. We'll go to Deshaun Watson first. Brad, let me hear from you first. Give me two players and three picks uh, where Deshaun Watson should go. This is the most out of left field trade, but I think it's the one that's most likely to happen. I want him to go to the Jets, but I don't think the Jets are going to go all in for Deshaun Watson. I think they want to draft Zach Wilson and build there. So that leaves the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins are going to do it either. So that leaves this team, which I think he's going to go to the Bears. Um, oh, I took my pick. Sorry. I think he's going <laughs> to go to the Bears for Foles, and the Texans are still really desperately hurting for wide receiver. I think they'll take Corderell Patterson. He's a well-traveled veteran. He's really quick. He can do kick returns. He's really well-rounded. Um, and then they'll take the Bears 2021 first round, 2022 first round, and a conditional 2024 second round pick. Okay. Now hear me out. If you thought that that was coming out of left field, this one's not even in the ballpark, but hear me out. We all know Phillip Rivers is not working, is not working in Indianapolis. But he's still... He's got some quarterback left in him, and Houston needs to get something. They need something. So I am saying that potentially Deshaun Watson could find himself in Indianapolis. You give Houston back Phillip Rivers and DeForest Buckner to protect Phillip Rivers I know this is going to sound like it's coming out of left field. And even further out. It is, it is because Phil Rivers retired and they traded for Oh, Carson Rivers Wentz. retired? Well, I didn't know that. I didn't hear about that. You heard it here first, folks. So They have Carson Wentz. Okay. Oh, they have Carson Wentz now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, moving on. What do you have, Kyle? <laughs> I have – I like your idea, Brad, about the Bears. I think – um, you hit the nail on the head. They are desperate, but I think they'll get even more desperate than Foles and Cordero Patterson. I think they'll trade Robert Quinn, um, who's a defensive end, 
I think they'll trade Kyle Fuller, who's a cornerback. Um, I think they'll trade both of those guys just because the Texans need something. And like, I think the bears are that desperate that, that they'll give up more than what really they need to, because uh, their GM is like on the outs, their coach is on the outs and they need to make a big play. So I think they'll give up Robert Quinn, Kyle Fuller, a first this year, first next year, and the second rounder uh, next year as well. I think that really helps the Texans defense. Um, and I think with these picks, they can move up and get a quarterback if they wanted to. Um, Give them so, the farm too, Kyle. Holy crap. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I think the Texans want a farm. And, and I don't think Robert Quinn's not Khalil Mack. I thought about Khalil Mack, and I'm like, no, no, you don't do that. But I think Robert Quinn is like, you know, one step down. And yeah. Kyle Fuller, uh, I think he can be – I think he is replaceable. He has played very well the last couple of years. But um, I think the Texans want – more and i think the bears are just i think they're more desperate than we think honestly um they need a quarterback they haven't had a four thousand yard passer ever in their history so they need someone uh let's go sam darnold next brad what is your perfect perfect i can't talk perfect <laughs> trade package for sam darnold well my perfect pay package for sam <laughs> Um, I've, I've mentioned it a thousand times. It's not going to change. Uh, Sam Darnold to the Washington football team for Montez Sweat, a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 third rounder. Interesting. I went a little bit differently. I went Sam Darnold to the Saints for a second round pick this year, a third round pick next year, and then their interior lineman guard slash center, Cesar Ruiz. I think the Saints have a lot of um, capital in their O-line room. I think they could afford to give up an interior O-lineman. Um, and I think Sam Darnold won't be worth as much as we both think. Um, no. I don't think he will be. And it's just, will the Jets be, like, are they, like, do they want him? Do they not? Are they willing to give up Sam Darnold for not as much as they want for him? Um, I don't know if they'll get a first rounder. If they do, I don't think they'll get a player too. You know, I, th- I just think it's like, what do you really want from the Jets' perspective? Do you want a player in picks or do you want a couple higher picks? So um, that's my thing. Luke, what do you I, think about Sam? I was also thinking the Saints. I was also thinking the Saints. But instead of the one player that you were talking about, Kyle, I was thinking maybe, I mean, the Jets need help in their secondary. So I was actually thinking Marshawn Lattimore. Now, if that trade would mean that your picks are lower, because I think he's Marshawn is a critical part of that Saints right. defense and that mm-hmm. secondary, they're saying, okay, if you're going to give us Sam Darnold, then, and we're giving you Marshawn, we're either giving you trash picks or we're giving you fewer picks, but mm-hmm. it's something that could potentially be looked at. I like that. Um, I think the saints are desperate enough for a good quarterback. Like if the saints and the jets talk and you're like, Hey, I want Sam Darnold. And the jets are like, well, give us Marshawn Lattimore. The saints are probably like, yeah, yeah. Right. And the jets are like, uh, you have Jameis Winston. Remember that? The saints are like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, sure. You <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. I want to ask you guys, before we get to our Are You For Real segment, I want to ask you guys just a trivia question quick. I kind of want to implement this here. And this is a draft question. We haven't talked about the draft in this episode yet. I want you guys to name me as many receivers as you can that are drafted in the NFL draft from Clemson that are in the NFL right now. So Clemson receivers in the NFL right now that have been drafted. Sammy Watkins, T. Higgins, and Ray Hopkins. Hopkins, Higgins. Did you and, say DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Sammy. Oh, Watkins. I didn't know he was Clemson. Those are the Sammy, three I had. Sammy Watkins, Higgins. Yep. And DeAndre Hopkins. That's it. Those are the three I know. I can't. Yeah, I, I only knew two out of the three. There's a receiver from. Oh, oh, um, Hunter, uh, 
Hunter uh, Biden. Hunter, what, what is his name? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nope, I am later. redeemed for my Vince Young statement. <laughs> Hunter something. Hunter Nelson. Yes. Hunter. Brad, if you get it, I will give you the win. Uh, Hunter uh, Renfro. Yep. There you go. Um, so you also have Dion Kane, who's he, and no one cares about him. Um, then Mike Williams from the Chargers. He's pretty oh, good over there. And, and Mike Williams, yep. Um, and you got Hunter Renfro. Uh, and then there's Adam Humphreys, receiver from the Titans, and then Ray Ray McLeod. Um, I just wanted to do that to see how many Clemson receivers are like, because they're, they're pretty good in the NFL. Also, if we do this again, we can talk about like, you know, Alabama receivers in the NFL and like, you know, who is wide receiver you? who's running back you, who's quarterback, you know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to do that just to see how many good receivers are in the NFL from Clemson. Um, so we'll do more of that later. Let's go to our Are You For Real segment. Brad, what is your Are You For Real? This one's really simple. I'm going to try to keep it brief. I could go on about this for a while, but I won't. Um, guys, if you're going to make a game that's supposed to be a sports simulator, um, it probably should be good, right? Um, so I'm actually going to throw two games under the uh, bus here. Madden and 2K are both kind of garbage, guys, really. Like, it's, it's just not realistic. Like, if you want me to throw an 100-yard pass, it's going to get intercepted. I know that. That's fine. If you want me to throw a slant to a wide-open guy and he drops it, come on, guys. How often does that actually happen? Or let's talk about t- <laughs> if you're playing as the Eagles quite often. <laughs> uh, if, uh, but in 2K, if you're wide open and you have a three-point shot, it shouldn't matter whether I hit the, the angle right or not. If you're wide open and you have a high three-point percentage shooter, you should probably hit that no matter what. But the truth is that doesn't happen. The simulation is not real fadeaway shots from like the logo go in like i don't understand how 2k can create a game and say this is the most accurate basketball simulator that you can buy really because it's kind of crap like if you want to tell me that shaquille o'neal is going to hit every one of his free throws in 2k your game's probably broken (laughs) no i i i I would agree with that i would agree with that and i feel like they they make the difficulty sliders way too extreme on pro you can if you have a halfway good three-point rating you can jack it up from the logo and it will go in meanwhile if you're on like superstar or hall of fame you can have a wide open shot with a 90 something three-point shooter from like right behind the line and unless you green it it's not going in so it it needs fixing uh, my are you for real this week shame on is, you, Ronnie. yeah, shame on you, Ronnie. We want better updates and we want to stop putting money into this game and then losing. Uh, my are you for real is spite uh, Donovan Mitchell crying last night about the refs after they lost the Sixers in overtime. Listen, Donovan, come here for a second. Let me tell you something. You're the best team in the NBA. You don't got to cry. All right, just because you lost a game in overtime against a really good team, you don't got to cry about the refs saying it's always the refs' fault. Like, we're getting screwed over here every game. You're number one in the NBA, dude. Stop crying. Secondly, if you didn't go 12 for 34, your team probably wouldn't have lost. So maybe, I don't know, shoot better shots or don't keep shooting threes. Or I don't know, pass the ball to someone else. Also, yeah, Ben Simmons, who you hate, because he won rookie of the year, um, he shuts you down. So if you wanted to cry more, you could. And then your defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joel Embiid put up 40 against him. So this is a little bit of a hate on Donovan Mitchell, but are you for real, dude? Why are you crying? You lost to a good team. You'll be back. Just stop making dumb shots. Yep. Uh, My are you for real, we've already kind of brushed on, but – J.J. Watt, are you for real, man? There were so many better places for you to go where you could have competed. I really can't get over the whole, you know, if you wanted a place where you could win, 
and maybe not like make a team overpowered, but really create a contender, go to Cleveland, go to the Browns, work alongside Miles Garrett. Can you imagine how terrifying that duo would have been? It would have been crazy. And there are other teams out there that offered the same level of opportunity. The Cardinals is not it. You're not going to win any Super Bowls with the Cardinals. And this is probably your last stop in your career. And, you know, even if you went to Pittsburgh, I mean, people could call it, hey, you want to play with your family. You want to play with your brothers. And I would have had no problem with that. I actually would have been smiling at it and saying, that's actually pretty cool. But the Cardinals make absolutely no sense. Come on, man. Are you for real? I think we're all in agreement there. Luke, do you have a hot take for us this week? I do. I do. Um, when people think of powerhouses in the East right now, they think about the Nets because so many superstars on that team. A lot of superstar power. But I think the team that could very easily make it to the finals, and I'm going to say probably will make it to the finals because they're playing like they're playing lights out and it's due to their big man. It's due to the man who dropped 40. The Sixers, I think, are going to make it to the finals. And it's because Ben Simmons is playing lights out defense. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP. And right now I'd say he's the leader for MVP right now because he's playing like he's playing lights out basketball. I think Sixers are going to make it to the finals. Now, as for who they face in the finals, I'm not sure yet. But I think it's very possible we see a 76ers in the finals. Sorry, I just got to cool off for a minute because that's that's really the hottest. Hey, man. Don't lie. Give me some love. Give the Sixers some love, man. Brotherly <laughs> love. Come on. Just because Boston ain't doing well this year, it doesn't mean you got to rain on my parade. <laughs> I'm not. I know it's probably going to be the Sixers. That probably won't be. They always crap out, I'll be honest. Uh, let's go do <laughs> fact or <laughs> fiction here. Uh, this year. I know we have shooters. I just feel like, I don't know, something always goes wrong in the playoffs. Like, But you won't have Boston. That's true. Maybe they'll sneak in and we'll play them in the first round and mm-hmm. then lose. Uh, let's go to fact or fiction. I'll ask you guys these fact or fiction questions. Seattle will sign Kyle Rudolph, who was just released by the Vikings. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I think Kyle Rudolph is going to look at Seattle and see what's happening with Russ. Kind of the train wreck that is happening there, and he's going to be like, nope. (laughs) Um, I, I think that Seattle has their hands too full with the Russell Wilson situation. They're either going to fumble the ball with it or they're going to just get in order soon enough that when they look, it's going to be like, oh, all these free agents have signed with other teams now. And now we are left with the scraps off the table. So I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's more Seattle's fault instead of Kyle's fault. Sorry, Edward. Um, I disagree. I'm going to say fact. Um, I think if you have a chance to come in and bolster that line and kind of help them out, and we're talking about a two-time pro bowler. He's not some scrub from some team. I think if you get a chance to pair him with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, maybe we'll get a little more life to that offense if they can add an O-lineman too, because that's what they need. They need more blocking. They need more Uh, small passes for Russ because he can't always just sit around in the pocket having a tight end that can actually catch the ball and expand your range yeah I I say if I'm Seattle sign him sign him now about the Packers should franchise tag Aaron Jones fact or fiction fact but it would be a really unclassy move yeah yeah no the way, it, the way it's been explained to me, tagging a player is it's almost a cheat code a little bit. And it's one that if you want to hang on to the player in the future, 
it's something you want to avoid doing because that just makes, especially if a player is worth more than what you tag them for, they're going to feel cheated. And they're going to feel like, oh, they're not willing to pay me what I'm worth. And a worker is worth his hire, especially in sports. So it would be a dumb decision to make, but I think I, I, w- I wouldn't put it past the management in Green Bay to be like, okay, we can't come up with a deal. Fine, we'll just tag him, use him for a year, and then you know we'll we'll find a way to you know get somebody else. Besides, all of our offense runs through Aaron Rodgers. So you know whoever's in the running back position, you know as long as he can catch the ball, we're going to be fine. So I'm gonna. It's more likely than not, but it's not the smart move. Yeah, I think honestly they should start taking money away from their defense and putting it into their offense because their defense didn't show up anyway. Um, like if I were them, I definitely would consider re-signing Aaron Jones. But I don't think they will. I think they should just let him go into free agency, test out the market, and I think he'll get a big-time payday. Uh, Let's go to our next one. Mac Jones will go in the top ten in this year's NFL draft. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I think he might go in the first round, but not in the top ten. Agreed. I think he's a a first-rounder. I I really think he's a first-rounder. Not top ten, though. There, There are too many other good QBs. And there are too many other good players. People are wanting those quality wide receivers. People are wanting those quality quarterbacks. There are a lot of good players in this draft. I so, did see a rumor, though, that the Eagles – oh, I saw a draft rumor. Someone had the Eagles taking Mac Jones at six. Um, I almost pooped my pants. Billy needs to riot if that happens. I will, I will riot. <laughs> Like, why can't we get someone good from Alabama? Do you know what I mean? Like, why can't I get Julio Jones on my team? Or why can't I get like Devonta Smith or Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle? Or like in years past, why couldn't I have gotten, I don't know, like Amari Cooper? Sure. Traditionally, the, the Pennsylvania teams don't like Alabama players, with the exception now of Minka Fitzpatrick being on the Steelers. That is like the first big name that has showed up on either team. It's insane to me. There's so many good players from Alabama and Ohio State, and like we haven't gotten any of them. Anyway, uh, next one. Obi Toppin will win the dunk contest. Fact or fiction? I'll say fact. 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 Yeah, I'll say fact. He's a a hard dunker. Yeah, he, he is a hard dunker. Having watched some of his highlights in college, that man's a beast. And he looks more consistent as a, of a dunker than the other two, Cassius Stanley and Anthony Simons. Um, yeah. They both don't strike me as like those big, strong, or flashy – like I don't know why they're in the dunk contest. I don't know either. Uh, fact or fiction, five quarterbacks will go in the first round this year. Fact. Fact. I believe that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The top five QBs in this draft, in my opinion, are Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and it is not in any particular order. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson. Now, do all of five of those go in the first round? I think one of them will go in the second round. I'm not I, sure which. I think, I think Mac Jones will be a late first round but he could drop to early second round i think trey lance is also in that boat he could be a late first round uh, early second round i think one of those guys will end up going um in the sec- early in the second round i think we're underestimating how needy some of these teams are for quarterback i think they are going to draft their franchise guy first and then put guys around him I really think five could go in the first round. With I, I think they all like could and should, yeah. but I think I'm in agreement with Luke. I think one of them. I feel like there's always one guy, one quarterback that just like drops, and you're like, uh, why? Like I've seen rumors about Justin Fields dropping to the twenties. I'm like, yeah. uh, why? You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's gonna be one guy that might drop, but usually what happens at the end of the first round if someone comes back into the end of the first round and gets their guy, like Lamar Jackson did, did that with him. Um, so that could happen easily with like a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones, someone like that. 
Um, Just to keep it interesting, who do you think would fall? I personally think Trey Lance because he took a year off. Mm -hmm. So we've only seen one year of really good play. So it makes me like, and it's not at the highest level either. Because I could say Mac Jones played for two years and one year was good. But he played at a higher level than Trey Lance. So I don't know. It depends on what the scout's like. But I think Trey Lance might fall because there's so many questions about him. I think the person that will fall, like in terms of like where they were at the beginning of the year, you know, the disparity in between those two, I think that's going to be Justin Fields just because um, like, I think he deserves to go number two, but I think he could fall to like 10 to 12. Well, that's not like a big dip. I think in terms of like where they were at the beginning of the year to where they are now, which I, again, I don't understand why he would, but that's what I'm hearing and seeing from everywhere. And I, I don't know why. Um, I think that's insane because he was incredible in college, but um, I think he could be the one to fall a little bit. Makes sense. Um, yeah. What yeah. else you got from this call? Uh, Deshaun Watson won't get traded this year. Fact or fiction? The, the longer this sits, the more it leans to fact for me. Um, mm-hmm. it was really that big of a priority for the GM to get rid of him, it should have happened already. So it's making me lean towards they're not going to trade him this year. Yeah. I I think I think he will get traded this year. I think that the heat is going to become too much for the Texans to take at some point this year. Now, it may happen later. It may not happen now, but I think it's going to happen this year because it's going to dawn on the Texans at some point that Deshaun wants out and you can either get something for him or nothing for him. So you might as well get something for him. I am hoping Houston at least knows that much, but I might be wrong on that too. So yeah. I'm going to hopefully, I'm for Houston's sake, I'm going to say that he's going to get traded this year, but I don't have a ton of faith in the Texans right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they're a dumpster fire. And I think they want to hold on to them, but like they shouldn't just get rid of them. Yeah. Um, this is the last one. Fact or fiction, the secret cameo in WandaVision will be an X-Men character. I'm going to say fiction because I think the cameo might be Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange. I think it makes more sense with Doctor Strange showing up. He's with, you know, magic now has been introduced hardcore now into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is with Agatha Harkness and Wanda Maximoff actually, you know, receiving the title now of the Scarlet Witch. So I think after the dust clears and, you know, victory is won and the good guys win and all that, you're going to see Doctor Strange show up and be like, yo, Wanda, you have some really cool powers. (laughs) There's this other threat that we need to take care of in my new movie, Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness, because those two are going to be working together in that movie. And I think that this, the end of this season finale is going to serve as a prelude into that movie. I also say fiction. It could be one of two things. It could be Doctor Strange. I'm wondering if that astrophysicist is going to show up and like somehow take down the barrier. And that astrophysicist has to be Reed Richards. Has to be. There is no other astrophysicist in like uh, comics that's like that good. Like Help me out here. Like, it's got to yeah, be something, but it probably will be Doctor Strange. I'd say fiction too, just because I think Paul Bettany, um, this entire like series, was like, oh, there's this, there's a special someone that I wanted to work with, and now I get to work with him, and it was himself. I think he trolled just all of us, and that White Vision, he's working with himself. So um, I'm gonna say fiction disappointingly like it's still a great show and just because someone famous you know might not show up it doesn't take it away but still um actually i want one more factor fiction here that i just added 
Brad should keep his beard off his face and be clean shaven. Fiction, 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 fiction. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like Brad clean shaven. I'm gonna say fact. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. Um, no, I think I do think the beard. In all seriousness, I do think the beard lends him a bit of gravitas. I do think that you know it, it gives him a sophisticated look. Yeah, a professorial look that works really, really well. So you know, let it grow, let it grow. <laughs> if it wasn't for a slip this morning, it would still be here. I'll put it this way: I think you can pull off a beard, obviously, and pull it off without a beard. And there's that is true. He can do. There's both. people that can't do that. You know, like me, I I keep the beard. If I shave it off, I look like a fool. Uh, I think that kind of wraps it up for Factor Fiction. Uh, Brad, can you tell everybody where they can find us? I sure can, and I still haven't memorized this uh, link yet. So it's Anchor.fm/JocksOfAllTrades. Um, you can find any way that you want to listen to us on our website there. Um, you can also download the Anchor app and listen to us that way. If you look up Jocks of All Trades. Um, you'll know our logo if you're listening to us on Facebook you know what it looks like same logo um, but yeah that's about it all right well I think that wraps it up for this episode guys I hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you on the next one bye